Our church attendance stood at about 120 members. We had not been able to obtain a building, so we were meeting in a second-story room that we were able to rent in the city. Our prayer meetings were excellent, and we had a real sense of being together. We filled a leadership position that was vacant, but to be honest, apart from that, there was not much happening. The task of reaching our community seemed way beyond what our little congregation could do, and no growth was happening at all. Any chance of affecting our city for Jesus was way beyond us. There was a lot of fear because outside of our little group, the whole culture had no time for us or Jesus. But that was only until it happened. Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. This is a wonderful day to be in the house of the Lord, and um, I I want you this morning to be ready for God to speak to you, so I'm going to ask you that you'll allow me to pray for you right now. Is that okay? Amen. Well, we're in church. It's okay to pray, isn't it? So, amen. If you're here this morning and you are really seeking to hear from God, you want God to speak to your heart, direct your life, 
I want you to just now raise your hands to heaven like this, and that's saying, I want more of you. I want you to speak to me. And uh, we're expecting God to speak to you this morning. As he speaks to us, so we speak, and then we believe he speaks to people. So, Father, we come in the powerful name of Jesus, and we look to you, Holy Spirit, right now, that you will invade the atmosphere of this room. Lord, we've already felt the atmosphere changing here because you are in this place. We thank you that every interfering demonic spirit has been driven back by the power of the name of Jesus. And we look to you right now and we pray that everyone seeking your name, seeking your fame, seeking to be all that you want them to be, will leave this place changed by the power of God. We ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So the story that you've just heard could be the story of many churches, but actually it's the story of the only Christian church that was in existence at the time when the event that we're going to talk about happened. You'll read about it in Acts chapter 1 and Acts chapter 2. We're told that Jesus had died, he had been risen from the dead and he had ascended back to the Father. And we're told in Acts chapter 1 and verse 15 that there were about 120 followers of Jesus that met together in an upper room in Jerusalem. And so this first Christian church was in Jerusalem, about 120 followers of Jesus. They were all great people. They believed in Jesus, They believed that Jesus died for their sins. They believed that he was risen from the dead and that he was alive. Uh, But the fact was that they are now focused in on themselves as you come to chapter 1 of the book of Acts. They are worried about their own safety given what had happened to Jesus And they focused on their own little community. They were focused in on that little group of believers that met together in in this upper room. And uh, that became, if you will, their church building. They were having zero effect on their community. They were not touching the broken and the poor and the needy. They were not seeking those who were lost and didn't know Jesus. They were focused in on themselves and they were having zero effect on not only their local community, but far from that, the the then known world. They knew nobody outside of the community of their church. They were focused in on their church. And then just as we saw in the movie there, uh, an event happened that would change all of that. Jesus had predicted it. He had promised it. He said in Acts chapter 1 and verse 5, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And then he added this in verse 8, and you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Well, the fact was they were given the promise and they didn't have to wait very long for that promise to come to pass because 10 days after Jesus had ascended to heaven and 50 days after the resurrection or what we know as Easter, how how many can believe that it's been 50 days from today since we were at Easter? 50 days have gone since Easter. We're actually actually celebrating um, what is known as Pentecost Sunday the celebration of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. This is the day that the church across the world celebrates the coming of Holy Spirit. Now, I have to say that there are some churches that emphasize it with a little less enthusiasm than other churches because how many know Holy Spirit is controversial? And what happened on the day of Pentecost is controversial. But the fact is that around the world, this holiday is celebrated, this uh, holiday that was known to the Jews as Pentecost. For them, they had celebrated it for many years, and it was a celebration of the fact of the ingathering of their crops, 
but also the celebration of the fact of the giving of the Ten Commandments to Moses way back, way back in the Old Testament. But from wherever they may live in the world, the Jews would make an effort to get to Jerusalem at Pentecost to be a part of the celebrations that went on, celebrating mainly the giving of the Ten Commandments but also the gathering in of the crops. And so we are told that there were people in Jerusalem there from every nation under heaven. They had come from everywhere to Jerusalem to celebrate um, Pentecost. And it was while this celebration was going on that Holy Spirit was poured out on this little group of 120 meeting in this small upper room And from that moment, things were never the same. Now, I know that when many of you hear of anything to do with Holy Spirit and Holy Spirit baptism or Holy Spirit infilling or speaking in other tongues, you maybe have had a religious upbringing um, that tells you you got your guard yourself against those tongue talkers. Or you may have seen stuff on the TV or you may have been in services where you've got up and left because, to be honest, it got a little wacky in there. And whenever you hear about Holy Spirit and whenever you hear about tongues, you get to feel and to think wacky. I I want you to know, friends, that uh, Holy Spirit is not wacky. People can get wacky, but Holy Spirit is not wacky. And I want to stretch you this morning. I want to stretch and challenge you to see that no gift from God is wacky. And I want to stretch you and challenge you to see that no gift from God will ever hurt you. Every gift from God is good, the Bible says. And the Holy Spirit was sent as a gift from God. And so the fact is that I am praying that for everyone that's in this room this morning, you will not leave like you came in. And from today, life will never be the same for you. I am praying that the Holy Spirit will invade the atmosphere and you will leave this place in such utterly and tremendously changed by the power of Holy Spirit that life will never be the same for you. I want you to imagine for a minute that you were a part of that little church that met together in Jerusalem. I I want you to see what they experienced. And then I want all of us to answer the important question, what does that all mean to us today in 2016? Where does it fit in today's church? Now, as I read Acts chapter 2, where Holy Spirit was poured out, I'm told that the first thing that happened was that they heard a mighty rushing wind. Now, in the Hebrew language, the word wind, it it can mean breath or spirit. And the fact is, these folks were experiencing by that mighty rushing wind something that was very unusual. It was something they'd never seen before. It was something they'd never felt before. It's something they'd never heard before. Now, listen, whenever you read something unusual in the Bible, you need to ask the question, did anything like this ever happen before? And and the answer really to this one is yes, Yes, something like this did happen before. Uh, You have to go way back to the beginning of the Bible. In fact, you have to go back to creation, where God has now made everything that there is except mankind. And now he comes to make mankind. And the Bible says that he formed man in the dust. He formed a man in the dirt of the ground. He fashioned him with his hands And he lay there just a dead, lifeless corpse, if I can put it that way. He had fashioned him in the dust of the ground. He is a lifeless corpse. 
And then chapter 2 of Genesis said this, and God breathed into Adam. In other words, he gave Adam the first kiss of life that ever happened. The fact was that Adam became a living human being because of the breath of God that had been breathed into his lifeless body. God breathed into him. Now, Genesis chapter 2 and Acts chapter 2, if you put them together, you can see what is happening. In Genesis chapter 2, there is a body with no life in it. And God breathed into it and Adam stood up. He lived. In Acts chapter 2, we have another body. It's a body of believers. But it's a lifeless body. Much like Adam's lifeless body before God breathed into him. They were there locked behind closed doors. But it, was, it had no life in that body of believers. Oh, it was a church. It was organized. It had everything together. Uh, but the fact was, it was making no impact on the community and making no impact on the area of the world around them. So God breathed into it. He breathed into that body, that body of believers that met together in that little upper room. And the Bible says that it wasn't any small breath, but that it came as the sound of a mighty rushing wind. It was the pulsating power of God the Holy Spirit. It was the enormous power of God. And it put life into that body of believers that they never had before that moment. They knew that there was power and energy that had come into them. And it ended their fears. And it filled them with courage. It broke away the shackles of fear that had held them. They felt released. And now it was that they felt like they'd never, ever felt before. That little church had been on its last legs. That little church full of fear. Fear of its life and shut away because of confusion. But then this infusion of life came. This breath of God came into that room. And the Holy Spirit filled them. Courage began to rise inside of them. They were energized and excited. And now they were courageously ready to take on the world. And to let the world know about Jesus. It was that the power of God had brought them to life. And it was that as this happened, God was breathing into them and they were ready to take on the world for Jesus. Holy Spirit breathed life into them. They would never be the same again. They would never be gripped by the same fear again. They would never be in the place of being locked away and lacking courage again. But the fact was they were now standing up as the body of Christ. Not only that, not only did they hear the sound of a mighty rushing wind, but it also says they saw fire. Acts 2 and verse 3. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. All right, so it's, it was a visible fire, that comes down on people, but doesn't burn them. Now, how many know that's unusual? And so we have to ask the question again. Where did this ever happen before? And did it ever happen before? And of course, in our minds, we're now taken back to a time in the Old Testament where Moses is standing before a burning bush. Oh, oh yeah, it was no uh, unusual thing for him in one way because Moses um, would have been used to this. Exodus chapter 3 tells us that God wanted to get Moses' attention and he caused this bush to burst into flames. Now Moses being a shepherd, he was always out, out in the desert places with the sheep and, and he often saw a bush just burst into flames because 
of, of the arid air and the fact that um, it was so dry, bushes would quite naturally with the sun's heat burst into flames. He saw that all the time. But there was something different this time because that bush burnt into, uh, burst into flames, but it never was consumed. It never got burned up. It was a bush on fire, but it wasn't being consumed. It wasn't being burned up. And it got his attention. It was then that God began to speak to him. And the fact was that Moses, this guy who was a believer in God. Oh yeah, Moses was a believer in God. The fact was that he had believed in God for most of his life. He was taught the things of God by his mother. He was brought up successfully in a palace. He had, had everything in front of him. The fact was that he was a believer in God all his life, but something happened in the palace that caught him, caused him to relocate, and now he's a shepherd in the backside of the desert, and he is now 70 years of old and of age, and, and the fact is his life is counting for nothing at this time. And suddenly this thing happens with the bush, and suddenly Moses hears the voice of God speaking to him. And he says, Moses, I've got something for you to do. While you have slipped into semi-retirement and a laid-back lifestyle, he said, while you're in the backside of the desert, just now wasting your life, he says, I've heard the cries of my people who are in Egypt, who are in captivity, who are slaves to the Egyptian. And Moses, I want you to know, I want to use you supernaturally to bring them out of bondage. I want to use you to bring them out of captivity. It was the same position that the church at the end of Acts 1 found themselves. At the end of Acts chapter 1, the church was a nice group of believers. Uh, they had everything together, it would seem, as far as their church was concerned. They had leaders there, and they had nice prayer meetings going on. But they weren't affecting their world. They were not affecting their community. They were not advancing the kingdom of God in their generation. They were going through the motions of church life. They were doing everything that should be done in church life. But no one was coming to Jesus. The poor and the broken were not being reached. The brokenhearted were not being shown that there is someone who can mend broken hearts. The poor and the broken were kept poor and broken. They were destitute and lost in a world and no one was searching for them for Jesus going through the motions of church. As far as the larger community was concerned, hardly anyone knew that that little church in Jerusalem existed. They were locked in on themselves until suddenly the fire appears. Until suddenly there is fire that comes that doesn't burn up anything, but suddenly it's there. And the fire appears and it hovers in the room. And they wondered. They wondered what would happen. They knew in the Old Testament, wherever the fire of God turned up, it would go to some leader or another leader, whether it was Moses or Abram or David. Wherever it was that Holy Spirit turned up, it would always go to the leaders. And so they wondered as they looked around their group when they saw the fire, they wondered, is it going to come on Peter or is it going to come on John? Or is it going to come on James? But it seemed as though it was, friends, that as they waited, they were waiting for a certain individual to get the anointing, to get the fire. But this fire divides up and the tongues of fire falls on everyone in the room. Hey, are you listening to that? He would say, it was God saying, I'm not looking for some superhero. I'm going to bless you all with my fire and power. And I'm going to change the world through you all. 
He says, I'm going to use you all to reach a world that is lost. No one was left out. The 120 in that upper room were touched by holy fire. And God says, I've heard the cries. I've heard the cries that have echoed down through the ages. And I hear the cry of the broken and the destitute in Peoria. I hear the cries of the brokenhearted. I hear the cries of the alcoholic and the drug addict. I hear the cries of the abused children and the abused adults. I hear the cries coming up from the people who are in bondage and not knowing where to go or who to turn to. And the fact is that I want to pour my spirit upon you so that I can use you to reach a lost world. God is saying, I've heard the cries of Peoria. I've heard the cries of Illinois. How many know there's a lot to cry about about Illinois at the minute? But the thing is, I've heard the cries of people in Africa and in Brazil and in Mexico and the places of the world. I've heard their cries coming up to me. And I want to anoint you. I'm not looking for a superhero. I'm looking for you, God says. I want to fill you with my fire. Everyone can be taken out of their self-absorbed life and be used in the ministry in God's kingdom. And so here we see that on this day of Pentecost, God breathed life into a dead body and he causes fire to fill his people. And then one other thing happened. They spoke in other tongues. Now that's a strange thing to happen, that these uneducated people, all of them in that room, suddenly begin to speak in languages they'd never learned. It, it was an unusual thing that that would happen. And once again, I had to ask the question, has anything ever happened like this before? Uh, and once again, the answer to that question is something similar to this happened in Genesis chapter 11. We were at the, we were at the Tower of Babel in that chapter. And if you don't know what that is about, friends, the Tower of Babel, it, it was mankind rebelling against God. And, and now that rebellion gains momentum amongst all the people that were living on earth. And mankind decided to build a city and a tower that went up into the heavens as a sign that they now were going to live by their own power, independent of God. They decided we don't need God anymore. We don't need to worship God anymore. They were grasping at God's power and they were grasping at God's throne they were no longer wanting to believe in God. They were no longer wanting to worship God. They only wanted to believe in themselves and what they could do. How many know that God couldn't let that happen? And the scripture says that God came down and stopped mankind in his tracks. And for the first time in human history, he caused mankind to speak different languages. I imagine what it would be like. You, you would go to work and, and suddenly the gang that you were with, the guys that you worked with, you get to work and suddenly you hear one of them speak in a gibberish kind of language. And then not only that, there's another one speaking a gibberish kind of language. And, and now as you go out into the community, you find everyone is speaking different languages. And, and, so, and so it would be that you would keep moving around until you found someone that still spoke the same language as you. And so you would get together with those who are speaking the same language as you. And what happened, the Bible says, is that they moved out to every part of the planet. And that's the way that we got languages in the world, friends. It was that dividing up that God did by giving different languages out in Genesis chapter 11. It was when God came down, stopped mankind in its tracks. And now mankind spoke all different languages. Now, when you come to Acts chapter 2, the complete opposite happened. Verse, uh, verse 5 of Acts chapter 2 says this, And there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men, from every nation under heaven. 
And, and when Holy Spirit came upon that little pack of 120 believers in the upper room, they started speaking in languages that they had never learned or heard before. And it was exactly what happened at Babel, but in the reverse. At Babel, when they began to speak in tongues, it was the judgment of God that separated and scattered people. At Pentecost, tongues were a blessing from God that brought understanding to people and brought God's word right to them and to lost people. Listen to what the crowd said in verse 11. We hear them speaking in our own tongues the wonderful works of God. So the tongues at Pentecost brought people together and brought people to God. Say that with me. Brought people together and brought people to God. It says uh, it's exactly what Jesus prophesied would happen. He said in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. At Babel, God uses the languages to slow mankind down from building their own kingdom. At Pentecost, God uses language, and now he uses it to unite people and to speed up the spread of his kingdom. So let's sum it up. So on this day that we commemorate today as the day of Pentecost and what happened at Pentecost, we see that God took the church that was basically lifeless, the church that was dead, the church that could only organize itself around itself, this introverted, frightened group, and he breathed life into it. And it's seen that God was among his people. I don't know what you are satisfied with, friends. You may be satisfied in just coming to church on a Sunday. You may be satisfied with a little bit of religion. Get the religious shot on a Sunday. Keeps you going through the week. And maybe it is. Maybe it is that it's just that you've slipped into the American way of coming to church and being a part of a group that meets together. I want to tell you that that is not what God intended for your life. I want you to know that God wants to breathe himself into you. He wants to breathe Holy Spirit into you. He wants you to know that he has got purpose for your life. So it is that he breathed life into that little church. And they said, God's here. God's amongst us. And then the fire of God came upon them. Not just on the leaders, but everyone, all of them. He was making it as clear as he could possibly make it that God's plan is for every one of us to be involved in his work. Uh, Friends, I want to tell you it's not down to a staff of a church to get the work of God done. If this church was relying on staff, we'd be nowhere, friends. No, there are about 400 people that volunteer every week. Did you know? It takes nearly 200 people to make Sunday happen here at Riverside. The mass of them are volunteers. And you need to thank God for it because you are in the midst of this church because of what they are doing at this moment all over the place. You see, they have seen that they are going to be used by God in what God is doing in this generation. And it is that the fire of God comes into us so that we will know that as we leave this place this morning that we are going out to be a part of the purposes of God, that it is that we're going out to be uh, Jesus to a lost generation, that we are going out of this place to touch people who are broken and destitute, that God will lead you and guide you and nudge you to talk to people who are brokenhearted or people who are abused, people who are desperate, who are in a place of, of total depression, people who are considering suicide, people who are thinking of ending their life, that God wants to be able to lead you and guide you, not only in church time, but in everyday time, that we are all used by God, empowered to be a part of what he's doing in our generation. By the sending of tongues, 
God shows that the gospel has to go worldwide. You know, there's much more to tongues than what I've told you already. But I tell you what it did to that group. It took them from the place of saying, us few and no more, to a place of saying, the whole world for Jesus. It, it took them from the place of being tied in on themselves to saying, God's got a bigger purpose for my life than that. And that I can touch the world for Jesus Christ. I want you to be encouraged to seek the filling of God's Holy Spirit here today. And to not write off speaking in tongues. You will not understand what you speak because it is an unknown tongue. And so it's not languages that you've learned. It's a supernatural thing that comes to you. And I want to tell you why I want to encourage you to be open to that. It is because, friends, it will open up your prayer life like you've never known it opened up. I want to tell you I pray in tongues more than I pray in English. <laughs> because I find that I'm getting through to God in a way that I could never do in my own language. Now, I've never learned the language. I don't know what the language is. To many who hear it, they may say it's gibberish. But to me, I'm communicating with heaven. And I am never the same after I have spoke to God in tongues. Listen, friends, it's my belief that if you are serious enough to seek the infilling of God, the Holy Spirit, it may not happen here at the moment, but if you keep seeking God, the Holy Spirit, sooner or later, you will speak in tongues. As if you are serious and you're saying, I'm going to seek God, the Holy Spirit, sooner or later, you will speak in tongues. So here's the things that happened very quickly. So they heard a mighty rushing wind. They saw tongues like fire. And then they spoke in other tongues. And so I want to end up here by answering the question, what has that got to do with us? And it has everything to do with us. How many know that God doesn't change? He never changes. He's God. How many know his purposes never change? Hey, listen, God is as, as directed in his purpose as he ever has been. He wants to reach a lost world that is going deeper into sin. He is wanting to come to the broken and the destitute and the lonely and the sad. He wants to come and prove that he is alive to those who are the abused of society, those who are treated with injustice in society, and he wants them to know that he's alive. And he says, the way I want to do it is through my body, the church. I want to use you to touch the world. He's not changed in his purpose. And Holy Spirit never changes, friends. On the day of Pentecost, God gave a visible illustration of what he continue, continues to do invisibly in us and for us. And if we are willing through us, God wants to work through you. Because when God works through you, you can't take any glory. It all goes back to him. When it is that God is working through you, he can change people through you. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, he can make you what you're not. He can take away your fear and give you courage. He can cause you to know that you can rely on him. You say, well, pastor, I can't talk to anyone about Jesus. I can't remember Bible verses. Hey, snap, I can't either. But what I find is that when I'm talking to someone about Jesus, and when I'm trying to now lead someone to Jesus, supernaturally, the verses come into my mind, and I know what to say. He says, open your mouth and I will fill it. And friends, I know it happens. He now works through us. Holy Spirit wants to work through us. Next to God is seeking to show us that his breath and his life can come into us. He wants us to experience this fire. And he wants us to experience tongues of fire. God wants you to know this morning, friend, that he has a plan for your life and for every individual in this room.
He wants you to know that He has a plan to use you in order that a world may know about Jesus. How many know that the world right now really wants to know about Jesus? Oh, now, listen, don't listen to the media. Don't, don't listen to left-wing politicians or right-wing politicians. I want to tell you, friends, the world wants to know about Jesus. The fact is the church has been too quiet so long that the devil is having his way. And we need to push back the darkness and to say by the power of the Holy Ghost, we're not letting this go on any longer. We're going to introduce the world to Jesus. And what you'll find, friends, is that the world wants to know about Jesus. They don't want to know about religion. They're sick of religion. That's why they're leaving churches in their droves. But I want to tell you, when you tell them about Jesus, that he is alive and that he can change your life, that he is alive and he can rescue you and mend your broken heart, when he is alive and he can take you out of that abuse situation, he can take you out of your addictions, that he has the power to change you forever. The world is ready to hear about that Jesus. And he's looking for you. He says, I want you to be a part of what I'm doing. Listen, Christian, while you spend your life in the backside of your desert, when you drift into your comfortable lifestyle, when you move away from being that person who was once on fire for God and being used by God, when you drift into your life where you say, I'm going to leave it to the young people, <laughs> or, or, or you say, it's for the older people, I'm out of it. No, no, friends, I want to tell you, as you drift into the backside of your desert, the voice of God cries out, and he says, I want to use you. <laughs> I've heard the cries coming up from Peoria. I've heard the cries coming up from Illinois and from America. I've heard the cries coming up from the nations of the world. And I'm looking for people who will be filled with my life, who will now know my fire burning within them, and will go and speak out, and speak out my gospel to the nations. God's looking for you this morning. He wants everyone involved. If you read the New Testament, you'll find there's no age barriers. It's the young and the old. And there's no ethnic barriers, every race, every nationality. And there's no gender barriers, male and female. Everyone used by God for his eternal purpose. So let me ask you one question, finishing off. If everyone in this church will like you, okay? If everyone in this church will like you, would we be an Acts 1 church or an Acts 2 church? Oh, if everyone will like you, would we be like that Acts 1 church locked away, scared to death, not doing anything for Jesus? Oh, I pray every day, Pastor. I read my word every day. But you're not affecting your world you're not affecting your community. There's no change coming in your family. The lost are still lost and the broken are still broken. And it is that there is desolation and there are people rushing headlong to hell and you're doing nothing about it. Are you an Acts 1 church or are you Acts 2 church that says by the power of the Holy Spirit, I'm rising up to answer the cries of the nations. I'm rising up to answer the cries that are coming up from Peoria and all the rest of the places of the earth. I'm rising up with courage. It may cost me my life. It may cost me everything that I've got. But now I belong to Jesus and it's not what I want, it's what he wants. It's not what I want to do with my life, it's what he wants me to do with my life. It's not where I want to go, it's where he wants me to go. It's not what I want to say, it's what he wants me to say. By the power of the Holy Spirit, I'm going to make a difference in my world. 
In Acts chapter 2, listen, that church came alive, right? You know the first thing that happened that day. That day, 3,000 people came to know Jesus as their Savior. That day, 120 became 3,120 by the power of the Holy Spirit, friends. And it was a miraculous thing that happened. In that day, they got to understand God's Word and God's plan for them. They got to understand worship in spirit and in truth. How many know we tasted a little bit of worship in spirit and in truth this morning with our wonderful worship team? In that day, in that day, in that day they found their place and they found their function in the church and then out of the church. It was that they went out into their world. And I guarantee there wasn't a family member that never got told about Jesus. There wasn't anyone that they worked with that didn't get told about Jesus. It was they wanted the world to know about Jesus. And so they traveled into the world to tell the world about Jesus. Never quitting, never stopping. They became unstoppable. So I ask again, if everyone were like you, would we be an Acts 1 church or an Acts 2 church? I know that God wants to breathe his breath into you. I know that he wants to put holy fire within you. And I know he wants you to speak in tongues. And for you to understand that you're going out to touch a world that is lost and longing to know Jesus as their savior. I want to tell you, are you ready for this? Are you ready? Holy Spirit wants to fill you this morning. He don't want to leave you, you to leave here as you came in. He wants you to leave you different. Or you say, oh, I, I don't want to be pushed around with people praying for me and pushing me to the ground. Hey, listen, friends, I, I want to tell you, we don't push people around here. I, I want to tell you, if you're going to hit the ground, it'll be by the power of God, not by the power of people. In fact, if prayer warriors or anyone praying for you pushes you down, report them to me, I'll fire them. We don't push people around here. We don't force people to speak in tongues here. Hey, listen, it may happen as, you pra- happen as you prayed for. It may not. It may be that you'll be lying on your bed tonight and suddenly you begin to speak in other tongues and you'll remember what it's all about. It may be that you'll be in prayer tomorrow morning and you're talking to God and suddenly you feel the power of God and the fire of God and you begin to pray in a language that you never knew. Let me warn you against your brain. Because your brain will say it's gibberish. Your brain will say you heard that someone else and you're just somewhere else and you're just copying someone. You say, get behind me, Satan. That's the word to use. Get behind me, Satan. Fill me up, power of God. Fill me up, fire of God. Let your power and your fire come into me this morning. Let's stand together, friends, right now. And if you are saying, God, I need more of you. I need a a fresh infilling. Some of you have lost what you had. You know, there's one thing about Holy Spirit I need to tell you about. Holy Spirit is forever being poured out. The problem gets when we get to the place where we're leaking. And, And we find that we become less than what we were. If you remember a day when you were more filled with the fire of God than you are today, you've backslidden. You've drifted back. I tell you what, you only have to stand still to drift back because God is always moving on. Now listen, friends, I'm serious here. God wants to make a holy difference in our city. He doesn't want us drifting to be an introverted church that's just caring about ourselves. He's wanting the whole city to hear that Jesus is alive. He is wanting now to send out missionaries around the world that are coming out of this congregation full of the fire of God. He's wanting you to find your place teaching children about Jesus, teaching youth about Jesus, helping the aged know Jesus. He's wanting you to minister to the needs of the broken and the sad. You know, we've got a wonderful lady that's coming very close to going to heaven. And, um, and, and I was praying at the end of the week, God, I'm going to speak this controversial 
sermon about the Holy Spirit. It is sad that the Holy Spirit is seen as controversial. That is a devilish thing that's gone on, friends. But but I was saying, God, I'm, I'm a little nervous. I need you to just speak to me. And this little lady yesterday, on it, it, it looks, unless there's a miracle coming, we're praying for one, that, that she's soon going to be with Jesus. She came on the phone, and a voice, she was gasping for breath, and she said, Pastor, I have talked with Jesus. I've seen Jesus. And, and he told me to tell you not to be scared. He told me to tell you he's with you. And so friends, I know, I know that this word comes from God. I know, I know today that God wants to fill you with his power. Now I'm waiting for you to come. You ought to be up at the front already. If you are saying, God, that's me. I need more of you. I need your power. I need a new anointing. I need you to come and fill me up, God. I want you to fill me up, God. I want your anointing to come afresh on me. That's right, don't be afraid. Some of you are scared to death and you've got nothing to be afraid of. He only gives good gifts. He only gives good gifts, friends. He only gives good gifts. If you're standing there and you're saying, I really should be up there, you should come right now. You should make your way up right now. If you're near the balcony, you need to come down. There's something happening down here at the front. God is going to move in here in a powerful way. Come right forward, come right forward, come right forward in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, we bind every power of darkness that would resist. We come against every power of evil that would stand in the way. Someone cheering you say, I can't go up there because of the way I've been living my life. God says, get up here and I'll change the way you're living your life. There's someone out there and you're saying, God, I don't want to get into anything that's a bit hazy and, and, and a bit out there. God says, leave that with me. Get up there. You know what you want to be used by me and I'm ready to use you. Oh God, in your name. I want our prayer team that are here to just come and stand behind a few people. And I, I want you to put your hands on them. Listen, they're not going to push you or do anything. They're just going to pray over you right now, okay? And I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray and we're going to sing and then we'll be out of here. But listen, allow Holy Spirit to come. If you're out there right now and you say, well, I've been filled with the Spirit, you need more. Hey, listen, how many know we need more? We need more. Reach out to God right now. Raise your hands up to Him and just begin to say, fill me up, Lord. Fill me up, Lord. Fill me up, Lord. Fill me up, Lord. Oh, God, by your power, by your might, I pray that you will come right now. The Lord Jesus, right now, you will break through every barrier, take away every fear. Grant, oh God, that right now they will know that they are released by the Holy Spirit. Right now, in the name of Jesus, I pray that your fire and your power will fill their lives. I pray they'll not leave this altar the same as when they came forward. I pray in the power and might of the Holy Spirit that you will touch them right now, that you will show them purpose and destiny. In the name of Jesus. Oh God, I pray by your spirit. By your spirit. There's someone here and you used to be on a worship team. And you used to serve the Lord gladly. And you've drifted into the backside of your desert. And God is saying, I'm through with all that. I want you back worshiping me. I want you back at the center of what I'm doing. And God wants to release you into something new in His Spirit in the name of Jesus. Someone here and you're saying, I can't can't be used by God. I've messed up my marriage. I've messed up my life. You've been divorced. God says, I'm going to do a new thing in you. I'm a God that heals and forgives the past. I'm a God that gives a brand new start for the future. And God is setting you free from your fears right now right now. In fact, if you, if you are here right now and you're saying, I'm scared, you've got anything to be scared about, put your both hands right up in the air if you're in fear. If there's anything of fear in you, put your hands right up in the air. That's right. I'm going to break that off you in the name of Jesus. Oh, the Bible says, the Bible says, friends, that perfect love casts out all fear. 
and Jesus is perfect love. And right now, He's coming to fill your life. He's coming right now to drive out fear in the name of Jesus. I come against your fears in Jesus' name. Right now, you may not feel a thing, but you're going to go from this place saying, there is no more fear in my life. You're going to find courage come into your life. You're going to see that God is going to use you like you've never been used before. Now, Father, now, Father, I I beg of you, I beg of you. I know you've heard the cries. You've heard the cries going up from this city. And you've heard the cries going up from this nation. And oh God, I pray that this church, this church, this church will not be introverted. That this church won't go in on itself. But Lord God, that we will be filled with the Holy Spirit. That Lord God, we will go from this place to be your servants. That we will say that we will serve you. Oh God, I don't know what other churches will do. I know how other churches will respond to your voice. But God, grant this church... This church will say, here we are, use us, use us. Take us to the broken and the destitute, the lonely and the sad. Take us to the brokenhearted. Take us, Lord, shift us, shift us, I pray. Out of our comfort zones, so that we change our city and change our world. Father, hear me in the name of Jesus. Now, those who are praying with people, I want you to go along and just put your head Uh, your hand on everyone's head. Just move along the crowd and put your hand on their head. In the name of Jesus, receive Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus, 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 receive Holy Spirit. Receive Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Father, in your name, in your name, break the chains, break the chains of the past, I pray. Oh God, oh God, can you two come forward? Come forward, please. Ever since I've known you, I've known that the hand of God is upon your life. I know that God has destiny for you and purpose. And God says, I don't want you living for yourselves. And you've said to each other and you've said to others, we can't live for ourselves, we've got to live for God. And God says he's going to show you the way ahead. And he's going to use you mightily in his kingdom. That he has a plan for your life that he's going to unveil to you. And you're going to say, God, we can never do that. We're not good enough. We haven't got enough learning and on and on and on. The gibberish that the devil will put into your mind. But God says, I am giving you my power. I'm giving you my power. And you will be used mightily in the kingdom of God. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. There's something happening here. There's something happening. God is moving. God is moving. Reach out. You in this corner, reach out to God right now. Reach out to God. Father, I sense your presence and your power. And I pray in the name of Jesus that everyone now in this corner, Lord, I pray, Lord, throughout this church, but God, you're doing something in this corner. And fears are being broken away. And chains are being snapped in the name of Jesus. And you're going to rise up with new strength and power in the name of Jesus. You're going from this place saying, I don't know exactly what happened, but I'm not the same as when I came. I've been changed by the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Caleb, in in the name of Jesus, as you give yourself to God, as I've seen you pressing into God here. Can you be quiet a minute? Don't sing. And as you are pressing into God, I just know that you are going to be used mightily by Jesus. And it's not going to be when you grow up. You're going to be used... You're going to be used by Jesus when you're young. And God says, don't be afraid. I'll show you what to do. I'll show you where to go. And I'm going to say this to you, and you you have to talk to me about it. But I see you 
laying your hands on sick people and sick people being healed. The Lord has chosen you for a particular blessing and you're going to be used mightily by God. For the days come where adults, if adults won't listen to me and adults won't do what I'm telling them to do, I'll raise up the children and they will move under my anointing and power. In the name of Jesus. 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 Oh God, in your name. In your name. Reach out your hands. Not to me, to him. I'm nothing. He's everything. Father, by the power of your spirit. There's someone in this group here your heart has been devastatingly broken. Someone in this group here, as I've mentioned, broken-hearted people this morning, you felt that I was speaking directly to you. It's not me, it's God. And right now, listen, right now, God's reaching his hand inside of you and he's mending your broken heart. You're not going to be controlled by that brokenness anymore. You're going to be controlled by the power of God within you. He's going to take you into his future that he's got for you, and he's going to use you mightily. And God wants you to know you will not be alone for the rest of your life, but you have to wait God's choice. You have to wait God's choice. Now, heart, be mended in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. That's right, that's right. I just feel God moving in on your heart. That's right, you can feel him right now. He's doing a work. Don't be afraid of your tears. Just cry out to him. Oh God, right now, mend that broken heart. Oh yes, he's doing it right now. He's mending your broken heart. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Oh God. Father, I bless this people in your name. I thank you for them. I thank you for the hundreds that serve you here at Riverside. Oh God, you know we need hundreds more. And I pray, oh God, that you will stimulate within us today a desire for God the Holy Spirit. Oh friends, I feel I want to do this right now. And, and I don't want you to be afraid of this, okay? But what we're going to do, we're going to clap our hands in a minute. And we're going to shout the praises of God. And I want you to shout out your praises to God in English. You start speaking in English. Just begin shouting out your praises to God in English. And then if God, if God gives you another language, just begin to shout that out as well. All right, I'm not forcing everyone to do this, but I I am forcing everyone who's a Christian to shout out in English the praises of God, right? You may never have done that before in your life. Well, get used to it. Let's do it. All right, come on, let's clap our hands and begin to shout. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Yes, Lord. We love you, Lord. We magnify your name. Come on, lift it up, lift it up. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Oh, Sapa Kaparandara Bashaka Babanda. Ikiba Kaparati Kalabashu. Ikapaparaba Kaparandara Bashaka Baba. Undereti Rabakaba. We magnify your name. We magnify your name. We magnify your name, Lord. We magnify your name. Oh, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Sapaparaka shokote. Mulekiti kapapa. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We magnify you. 
yes, Lord. Now I release you. I release you on an unexpected world that are expecting you to go and to be the person you were before you came in this place. But now I release you to go to and be the person full of God's power, the person full of the life of God, full of the fire of God. And speaking in tongues, go and tell them in their language the wonderful story of Jesus. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. And he's worthy of another clap and a shout. Come on, give it to him. We love you, Lord.